I am privileged to be the rabbi of a shul where a lot of people are uh, phenomenal b'nai Torah, and uh, they started a program at shul, an Amud Yomi program on Shavuot. So they learned through Masech Tainus, and they learned through Masech Roshana, and now they started a Masech that the Rishonim refer to as Masech Yom Tov. What Masech is that? Ah, what did you say? You, you, that's not what you said. You said beta, and now you said beya. So the question is that everyone's been asking me in my shul is how you pronounce it. Are you supposed to say beta or are you supposed to say beya? Is it mesachas beta or is it mesachas beya? Where does it come from that there's even this uh, this discrepancy? So first of all, the word beya in Aramaic is uh, egg, meaning it's what it, the trans the Aramaic translation of the word beta is egg. Beitzah is in Hebrew. They both mean eggs. They probably both mean male body parts also. Certainly Beitzim is the euphemism that we use when we describe testicles. And uh, probably in Aramaic, Beim would be the euphemism that would be used to describe that. So, uh, so that's, that's, that's a little bit of the background. It seems to be also that it's the only word where we have a custom to, ch- or, or where at least many have a custom, to change the word because of its secondary meaning, because of its euphemistic meaning. Meaning there are no dirty words in Hebrew. All the, uh, anytime we describe anything unclean, oso makom, aver, these are all words that mean something else, and it's always euphemistic meaning. And yet this is the only one that we, that we actually change. In general, we are sensitive to trying to use as clean a language as possible. That is the sugi at the beginning of Mesechus Pesachim in describing the very first word of Mesechus Pesachim, which is or. Why does it say or? What does the word or actually mean in Mesechus Pesachim? It means night. Why would you use the word or to mean night? A whole sugi about how we try to speak in as clean a lashon as possible. The Gemara over there tells stories about someone who used the term davaracher instead of describing a gedi, he described the davaracher, a pig. Someone, someone described kachim as as kizan of halta'a, the 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 tail of a weasel, which are undignified ways of speech. And the Gemara says terrible things about them and great things about people who know how to speak in a more dignified manner. So certainly we are we are sensitive to dignified speech. The question is, is it undignified to say the word beitza? So where is this stringency recorded? The Magen Avram and Simen Kufnun Vav quotes this from Yamshel Shlomo in the fourth paragraph of Meseches, Bavakama, that a person should try to speak in a dignified manner, and as a result, he should not say beitza, he should say beya. That Magen Avram is in the context, it's a long Magen Avram about a whole bunch of things that aren't really mentioned in Shulchan Aruch, a number of halachas about Lashon Hara and about other types of, uh, of speech, but it's a one-liner in that Magen Avram. The raya that some of the Yachronim bring is from a Gemara Masech Sanhedrin Dafheim and Beis. The Gemara tells us that there's such a thing that one is not allowed to paskin halach until they get permission to paskin, what we call heter so how does one get hetero ra'a? They have to go for what we call smicha nowadays, is hetero ra'a. So the Gemara says, why do you need that? If you know the halacha, you're allowed to say the halacha. If you don't know the halacha, you're not allowed to say it, no matter how many diplomas you have on the wall. So what's the idea of hetero ra'a? The Gemara says, oh, it's based on the story. Rebbe once went to a certain place, and he saw people that were megablin isosei and betuma. They were kneading their doughs, and everything was tameh. They were making everything tameh. They were Tameh, and the dough was coming in contact with water, which was being machshir, the flour to become Tameh. So they were being metameh, all their food. So he said to them, What are you guys doing? So you're going to cause chala, chala's truma, it's all going to be Tameh. So No, we had a scholar in residence in our community, and he came and he taught us, May swamp water are not 
sure to be Makabal Tuma. So we dafka use water from Bitsaim. Says, there's no such halacha like that. So the Gemara says, Vuhu may beitzim darishlahu. What he had really said was, May beitzim are not machshul kabal tuma. They thought he said, May bitsaim are not machshul kabal tuma. What's may beitzim? Egg whites. Egg whites are not machshul kabal tuma. It's not one of the Zion mashkin. So that Gemara, many achronim believe, is the key to our story with whether you're supposed to say beitzah or not. The only problem is, half the achronim say it's a raya that you're supposed to say beitzah, half the achronim say it's a raya that you're not supposed to say beitzah. How do you understand that Gemara? The Tzfaris Yisrael in the very beginning of Masechus Beitzah says that, uh, that, that, that it must be that that was the basis for the, for the minuk to not say beitzah. That because of that confusion, if he only would have said may beim instead of may beitzim, they never would have thought he said bitzaim. It's only because beitzim and bitzaim sound so similar that it caused confusion. So we, that's why they started the minuk. Nothing to do with Lishan and Nakia. They started the minuk to say beim so that you won't have confusion like that in the future. In the uh, Sefer Likutim on Masechus Beitzah, also printed on the side of the Yach he has a whole long passage about this and he says over there that no, this Gemara is a clear raya that you can and should say Beitzah because obviously this scholar had come to town and had said Beitzim. By the way, how does that show that you need to get smicha before you paskin? So the whole the, the, the whole message of that Gemara is the reason you need hetero ra'a is not because uh, we, you need to be certified to know the halacha. We assume you have the honesty that you're not going to, it's a major assumption, that you're not going to paskin a halacha that you don't know. The reason you need hetero ra'a is to be an effective communicator. You need to be certified as someone who can communicate properly because if you can't communicate properly, you may know everything in the world, but no, if no one's hearing it, it's gonna, it's, it could mess up the whole halacha. But anyway, so the Likutim says, so you see, he said Beitzah, so that obviously was the minute. Imre Emma says, no, no, what happened was, the guy must have already had the minute not to say Beitzim, because of uh, Lishna Ma'alya, Lishna Nakia, because it euphemistically refers to a male body part. So he must have already had that minute. So probably when he came to town, he said, May Beitzahim. But he was saying it as a way of not saying Beitzim, but he thought they would realize what he meant, that it's not really made B'tzayim. And they heard him exactly correctly. They were just li- they just took it literally. So that's how the Imran says. So you see that it's a riot the Imran says from that Gemara that you're not supposed to say B'tzim. That is certainly not the Pasha B'shad in the Gemara. So what's the pro- are there any problems with this Chumrah? Is there any reason not to be Machmir this way? So five issues are raised by the Achorim. The Tferis Yisrael on the spot in the beginning of the Masechta says that Beitzah is Lashon Kodesh. How could it possibly be true that Lashon Rami is more beautiful and more dignified than Lashon Kodesh? That Lashon Kodesh is going to be Maguna? That the Gemara says in Shabbos, Malachi Ashari, so not Niskakim to Lashon Rami, because Lashon Rami is an undignified way of speech. And that's going to be the dignified way? Furthermore, the Tiferes Shal points out, the letter Tzadi in particular relates to uh, the, uh, the Gemara Masecha Shabbos tells us, and Shabbos Tav Kuv Dalid, the letter Tzadi represents Tzadik Tamim, whereas the letter Ayin represents Russia, because Russia has a letter I in it. So the word Beitzah has the letter Tzadi, and you're going to replace it with an Ayin? That's a, that's a lower form of the word. The word itself inherently becomes less beautiful when you replace a Tzadi with an Ayin. 
Furthermore, the Likut Iman Masechus Beitza points out that the Gemara in Shabbos says that one of the reasons Nashim Mesos Yaldos, that women die young, is because Shekorin La'aron HaKodesh Arna. They call it Aron HaKodesh, instead of the Hebrew Aron HaKodesh, they call it Arna in Aramaic. So apparently taking anything in Hebrew and turning it to Aramaic is a downgrading of it. So, so how could it be that we're supposed to take Beitza and turn it into Beya? Furthermore, the Likutim says, we generally have a Kriyuk Siv to correct when there's a Lashon Maguna. Yishalgena is changed to Yishkavena. Afulim Tuchorim. And that's done so that we won't be multi Dover Maguna Mipiv. So if there is something that is Maguna to say, that's what a Kriyuk Siv is there to protect us from. So we have a Kri to tell us Yet the word beitza, we never have a Kriya Mixiv to tell us that you're not supposed to say the word beitza. And finally, the, uh, the Likutim says that we use the term beitza to describe other things throughout Chazal. Meaning, not only do we use the term beitza to describe an egg, when Chazal, for example, wanted to describe at the end of the first parakam beitza, the color of shoes, it talks about sending matanos on Yantif. So it talks about whether the items are ready for use or not ready for use. And the assumption was that no one would wear white shoes. So when it describes the color of the white shoes, it uses the term beitza to describe the color. Of all things to use, you would use such a disgusting word? Why would Chazal use a word like that if it's really such a disgusting word? Especially when you don't have to. But Metziah Davayin Beis and Davayin Dalit, Beitza Sayotzrin, talks about the form of certain things. We talk, Why would you use beitza? Don't use something that's a disgusting word. Elamai, what you see, all these five rayas of the Tzvarisrol and the Likutim on Mesech's beitza must be that uh, it's not considered a negative word at all. So la lacha, what do we assume? So in general, it's important to know the Mishnah uh, Idios in Parakal of Mishnah Gimel says that Chayvadim Lomar Blashon Rabo. A person generally is supposed to follow a tradition in terms of how to, how to say things. The Mishnah over there tells us that Malayhin Mayim. That if you have a Malayhin of Mayim Shuvin, so it discusses whether it passes a mikvah. And the Mishnah says Ela Shachayvadim Lomar Blashon Rabo that the uh, the that Shmayan Avtalion were the originators of that teaching. Shmaya and Avtalion were Gerim. As Gerim, they were unable to pronounce the letter Hey, and therefore they couldn't say Hin Mayim, because if they would say Hin Mayim, no one would know what they're talking about. It would sound like In Mayim. Yes, water? No water? What does that mean? So they had to say Malay. They had to add an extra word. Malay Hin Mayim. And the Talmidim, when the Talmidim would say over that same teaching, they also would say exactly Belashon Rabbam. There's actually Machlokas in the Mepharshim and the Mishnais. It's very subtle understands that it means that the, the Talmidim knew how to pronounce Hin. So they would say the word Hin, they would just also use the word Malay, because that's how they heard it from the Rebbeim. So they would say Malay Hin, because that's what the Rebbeim said. But the, uh, the Bartanur over there, in his understanding of the Rambam in the Pirish of Mishnai, says no, the Talmidim would purposely mispronounce the word, because the Rebbe mispronounced the word. The Rebbe couldn't say hin, they would say in, so the Talmidim would say mali in mayim, just like the Rebbeim would do. I remember when we were learning uh, sukkah, so Rav Shachter was talking about the colors of, uh, of an esrog, so we were talking about whether yarok, what yarok means, that yarok hikarti means green, yarok stam doesn't mean green, and he said, Rav Salvechki used to say, when they were learning nida, and uh, the, the Mishnah talks about a nida, dam yarok, so Rav Salvechki 
said Rav Salvechik wanted green blood. Can we have such a thing as green blood? So I've shot to put on the accent. I never heard him do that. He said Chayvadam Lomer Blashon Rabo. You have to say. So that's uh, assuming that you have to say all the mispronunciations. But whatever it is that you one is supposed to take upon themselves the lashon of the way they were taught it and and pass it forward in that way. That's how the Masora generally is passed over. So if you have Rebbeim who said it a certain way, so probably that's the way you're supposed to say it. The Likutim over there quotes from the Gra, who says that he found out, he says that he did some research and he found out that the Gra did not accept this Chumrah of the Amshel Shlomo, the Magin Aram, to not say the word Beitza. He would say the word Beitza. In Shari Chuvan Archaim Simkupnun Vav, he says that nowadays it doesn't make any sense whatsoever to refrain from saying the word Beitza because Beim is also a euphemism for a male body part. So what are you saving yourself? You're not, you're not helping anything by not saying the word Beitza. Personally, Mori Verabit of Shachter would always says Beitza. He doesn't say uh, doesn't say Beya. But that's a little bit of what's behind the controversy of the pronunciation of the name of that Mesach. Okay, one second.